Support for the podcast is brought to you by the Music Academy of Acadiana. Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages and styles. They have sent students to college to compete in major music competitions and have also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. They are founded by Tim Benson, who is a University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate. The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the best music school by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can find out more at their website at www.musicacademyacadiana.com. You can also check out their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Our tech sponsor, The Orchard, is Acadiana's only Apple-authorized service provider. They provide services for Apple products, whether it be a broken screen or if you need help trying to figure out an app. The Orchard has your back. They helped us by giving us an iPad to continue running our show since our show is dependent on Apple products. So with that, check out their stores. They got two locations in Acadiana, one next to Buffalo Wild Wings off of Ambassador in Lafayette, and at their new location in Karen Crow next to Super One Foods. You can check them out at theorchardstores.com or in person to make sure that all of your Apple products are taken care of and up and running and working as they should. This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. Today we got a, another fun episode because they're, they're all fun. That's right. <laughs> today we have Cynthia Gallardo with us today. She is a attorney. She is a author, a speaker, a business coach. Uh, I'm pretty sure I left off something. Cynthia, glad to have you back on. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Ben. Thank you for having me back on. And I have some exciting news, so I can't wait to share. That's awesome. So just so to let you guys know, what we're going to be talking about is shortly on who Cynthia is. And if you haven't watched the episode last year with Cynthia, but this episode is going to be more centered around a new book that she has called is it DNA no you and me and DNA right exactly you me and DNA you and me and DNA if you want the Spanish version version it's yo tu y ADN tell me a, a sh- the, the short and sweet version of how you um essentially thought about writing a book I mean obviously you're an author but like what what inspired you to want to get into writing I guess in general 
Well, thank you, uh, Ben. That's a great question, and it, I'll share a little bit about the backstory about it. So, um, the cover of my book—I'll just share it here. It's uh, well, this is a Spanish version, but the English. So, what's really cool about this is the characters are based on real people, and that's really the backstory behind it. So, this is my my cute little nephew, Gavin. Um, but the backstory to the book itself is that my, when about ten or eleven years ago, and that's why I always tell people it doesn't matter when you do it; just do what you want to do. Um, so that goes back to the coaching aspect of things right just do it so about 10 or 11 years ago my nephew named Deontay he came he called me up and he said Dia I'm really sad and I asked him why he was sad so Dia means um, aunt in Spanish just so you know so he said Dia I'm really sad and I, I asked him why and I could hear that sense of like just a lot of a deep sadness in his voice and I got really upset about it you know I wanted to see how I could help him um, so he said that kids at school were bullying him because of his skin color basically he's a multi or a biracial or bicultural um, child because my sister is Hispanic a white she has really white creamy skin and his his dad is a dark, dark colored. And they said they were telling him, that can't be your mom. That's not your mom. You know, you don't look like her. You don't have the <laughs> same skin color. So I, what I did instead, I turned it around in a way that I could help him appreciate and value who he was. So I shared with him the why, why does he look the way he do does so he could appreciate it. So I shared with him about the DNA that part of it comes from his mom and part of it comes from his dad. And that's why he looks the way he does and why he's so unique and individual and very special. And I also shared the differences in cultures as well that he could bring that together. So it really helped him appreciate why he looked the way he did. And it helped his self-esteem as well. So I figured if he's going through that, I'm sure his brothers and sisters and my other nieces and nephews will go through that and other kids in the world. So I wanted to create a solution, right, to a problem. And that's part of the solution is helping kids really appreciate and value who they are so they can have a higher self-esteem, but also appreciate and value other people, decreasing bullying. And that's the goal, right, to make sure we appreciate and value other people. So applying that same principle, Ben, to ourselves or to children, we can apply it as adults, right? Because if it starts with kids, then we carry it through to adults and we can value and appreciate ourselves better as well yeah look um i i was bullied as oh, a kid okay. uh, obviously not for my skin color or right. it could have been i don't know because i went to a pretty mixed school okay. but um we were touching on bullying yes. and the whole purpose of the book that you have written is to help teach kids why they are different and you know through various different means and obviously linking back to DNA. Right. Uh, and then I told you that I was bullied as a kid. I think I was just a weird kid mm. and I'm a weird adult as it is. <laughs> I don't think so, Ben. <laughs> look, look, you haven't hung out with me enough. Um, but I, I kind of appreciate the what you're trying to do with the book. Um, and so some people may have seen you holding up the book cover. Yes. Uh, I'll show it there. So it's you, me, and DNA. And you can see that on the color, uh, on the cover, it is a little boy, a person of color. Yes. Um, and you mentioned, um, you know, mixed or biracial kids. Yes. I mean, I could only imagine what type of situations that little kids go through, right. you know, in being biracial because, you know, society standards you have to be one or the other right and so if you're black you're you should be black and if you're white you should be white right but what about when the two mix sometimes the 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 look of someone is it can go both ways right they they have you know 
African-American features. They have Caucasian features and even uh, Hispanics. I mean, right. they, they all have a different thing. And then you, it can even go any farther, like uh, the Mexican uh, people. Some of them are from derivative from the Aztecs people. Right. And then are, you know, some Spanish people are really, really white. Yes. I mean, they pretty much, they're pretty much are white people. Right. It's kind of weird, but they speak Spanish. Exactly. So it's in, to your point, the reason I, um, it, the whole goal of, of the book, it, because it is a series, so it's not just about the skin color, but it's about maybe why is my nose too big or why is my hair this color? Why is my hair so fine? Why are my ears so big? Why are they so small? Why is my why do my fingers look the way they do it? Or why are my feet so big? You know, so it's it's really the scientific approach to why we look the way we do, and it starts internally. So my my son who just turned five, he asked me a really interesting question after reading the book. He asked me why his heart is uh you know where it is and i said that's a great question so it starts from the inside right so it's helping the kids understand that dna is like that blueprint right of why we look the way we do and it starts from the inside so a holistic approach inside out so if a person fe doesn't understand why they have blue eyes and maybe why their mom has brown this book will help him understand part of their dna comes from their, their mom and part comes from their dad so it goes so much deeper it, it is about skin color that's the first one because of the backstory you know with my my nephew the way he was bullied about it but it goes so much deeper than that it's it's about just the way we look right and why we do the things we do so taking that approach through everything we do in life and really making sure we appreciate and value ourselves so I've always wondered that too you know why is my nose this shape well looking at my dad I know why now you know it's because of that DNA and I've always been passionate about DNA so this is a great way to help kids at a young age start understanding that um, kids are smart they know in fact my son he loves reading the book with my husband and I there's a certain page on there where he has to go look in the mirror to see what his skin color is. And when we read it together, he makes all three of us, we get up, we go look in the mirror and we see what color our skin color is. We have to come back and tell each other. It's a really cute uh, way to really share the book with him. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, you mentioned uh, various other different features. Obviously it's not just skin color, but that's a big yeah, one. It is. It's um, a huge one. But like, I've always wondered, like I, one of my ears is a little bit more lower profile. I, I okay. don't know the best way to describe it, but it's a little bit like closer to my head. And right. then one of my other ears is a little bit farther out, like sticks out oh, a little bit farther. Okay. And I've always like, as a teenager, I was, I was self super self-conscious about it. And I was like, maybe, and I tried to justify right. what happened. Maybe I slept on one side of the pillow too long <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. I mean, right. that's, I really thought yeah. that. I was like, man, maybe I spend too much time sleeping on one side of the pillow versus the other. And so that's what I thought. My ear was right. mush. But I think it was just, you know, being obviously the going back to DNA, that's yes. just how my body was formed. Exactly. Um, and then I know there's some other physical um you know, things that can happen like in in the womb. Yes. You know, sometimes when you're a baby, things can shape different depending on, you know, uh, outside physical forces. But yes. um, ultimately, the shape of anything on your body is because of the DNA and because right. of your lineage. And like my dad has, uh, I, I feel like not a fat nose, uh, but a, I feel a like a wider, nose. a wider yeah. nose. And I'm like, I always thought like, 
out of all the traits, I got my dad's <laughs> nose. I'm like, okay, but look, um, I got my mom's smile. That go part from your D, from your mom and part from your dad, right? Part of your DNA. So that so your homework assignment with your ears. I've, I always give homework assignments, right? Because we want to always dig deeper and know more because we're lifelong learners. So I most likely somewhere in your lineage in your the genealogy, somebody had the, the ear just like you did because it's. It's genetic. Part of it comes from your, you know, from the DNA. So I would say do some history on that, some homework on that. I'm sure you'll find someone had the same thing, the same issues that you had with that. So maybe, maybe I'll have to. My grandpa, he's still living. Um, I haven't really, I haven't. First of all, I haven't seen him very much in the past few years, um, but I haven't stared at his face. I haven't uh, stared at his ears enough, and I haven't even looked at my dad's ears. Honestly, I was just too, too self-absorbed with how my ears look to really <laughs> pay attention to anybody right. else. Um, so, what are some of the other things that uh, this book teaches kids? Like, obviously, it's a it's it's geared for children because um, right. it looks like it's pretty simple to read. Yes, it's it's geared to for children probably between well not probably it is for but children between the ages of six to nine years old, and what it is it's it's basically just introducing DNA to to children. So it's basing a foundation for them, and then from that foundation, um, I'm actually creating a series. So the foundation of DNA will be that DNA um, because the character DNA which is introduced in the book he'll carry through each of the books that I'm. I'm I will be publishing and that each character in the book books will be based on real characters or real people. So like I said, my nephew is a narrator here. I'm not Deontay that inspired the book. All my nephews and nieces inspired her, but Gavin is the one who's a narrator because it's more in the age group that I was looking for. And that's who's on the cover of the book. And then inside the book, it's based on real families. Um, there was one individual, um, the Inojosa family. They were actually um, his, his Sarah. She went to school with me. We went to the same um, HBCU for our law practice, and um, so we became good friends. And I used utilized her in the book. And then there's also um, a one of my receptionists who worked with me at AT and T is in there. And then uh, we just have different people that good friends of mine that are in the book. But it's all based on helping people see the differences in skin tone coming from the mom and coming from the dad. And then. The next one, the next book, which I'm excited about, my son will actually be the narrator, um, and it, it'll be based on adoption. So helping kids understand that and going through that process, and then the going after that, we'll have other series, you know, tied back to the DNA, such as why does my hair look the way it does, or why does you know why does my body why is my body shape the way it is? So we'll have a series. But the one I'm very excited about, Ben, in the book, a lot of people when they get it because it's out on Amazon right now, there are some blank pages in front and back. I did that with a purpose so that we could I'm creating a journal or a workbook for parents to be able to utilize and guide their own children to be able to draw their families inside of it other DNA and uh -huh. so forth so the children can start conceptualizing their families in the part of the DNA coming from the mom and coming from the dad so that that's in the works and it'll be out um, at the end of this quarter so end of this quarter early um, second quarter wow so how many books total will be in the series Right now that I have already in my mind and ready to go, there will be four that I'm, I'll be doing now, but I will continue um, with them, but at least four um, in the series. And, you know, I, I'd like to get it up to as many as we need to to continue helping children. And I'm always inspired by children. I'll give you another example, one that I'm um, working to do. Um, one is 
uh, juvenile diabetes. I'll be talking about that because oh, a man. lot of yeah, that a lot of kids are impacted by that, but they don't know how to deal with that. And I have a family mem- member very close to me who will be the co-author with me on that. And then I also have one on transplants, um, children who go through transplants. I have a cl- we have a close family family friend um, who had a transplant as a child, so he'll be a co-author with me as well. So helping other kids who are going through transplants understand it and go through the process. So these are topics that you know deep topics all tied back to dna and then help kids actually helping other kids get through those processes you're talking about like organ transplants oh yes, like that's yes. a big deal yes it is and i mean that has a lot to do with the body as far as like you know the body could reject a, yes. an organ or accept it i mean exactly and that all tie, ties back to dna it, it ties does. to blood and all that good stuff so it's really deep yes um but it'll be simple concept, of course, because the age group is six to nine. So yeah. I'll make it as, as simple as, as as possible. So it reminds me of the KISS theory, right? You know, it's, we learn it in school that keep it simple. But I'll say student is keep it simple student. So that's what I the approach I take. Um, we're all lifelong learners, as I mentioned. So I want kids to be able to understand these complex subjects in a simple manner. All right. So uh, for those that are watching and also myself, are you... Or have you studied DNA? Like what what has inspired you from a from a science perspective? Like did you learn genealogy? Did you go to school for that? Obviously you're an attorney, you're you're a speaker business coach. It seems a little uh out of the box <laughs> for you to be writing about DNA, but it's a simple form, I yes. get it. But like what is the backstory there? Like, are you just super enthused about DNA and what it does, or do you have some type of uh, education background to support the DNA discussion? Well, thank you for asking that. So I do have the background because I did study biology and chemistry in my undergraduate um, work. And I love, I've always been passionate about DNA from the moment I learned about it because it's it's such a complex subject, but we can make it simple, and it's it answers so many questions, and that's why with the children's book, it's a scientific approach, because you can't really, and I would say, some people say you can argue science, but in this case, you can't really argue DNA, because it's either part of it comes from your mom, and part of it comes from your dad. You can't argue that, you know? There's no way to argue it. So, in that case, I just, we're taking that complex subject and making it simple for children, and because I learned about it, most kids don't learn about DNA until maybe, maybe seventh eighth grade and then of course in high school but what if we started young and that's the goal that's like the movement I'm trying to do here Um, if you start young as children and you build upon that foundation their self-esteem is going to be so high if we take that approach and it's going to help us decrease the bullying as I mentioned earlier and it just help kid helps kids take a more um, passionate approach to sciences because right now we don't have a lot of uh, minority individuals or we don't have a lot of women um, girls and and so forth in STEM you know so this is one of the ways we can do that we can bring kids and really make them passionate about science like I'm thinking about your kids are they passionate about science well maybe this book will help them get passionate yeah. so that's that's really what I want to do is help kids understand that science helps us change the world and make it a better place. And we just have to understand it. Yeah. Let me tell you, um, I have a five-year-old, he'll be six in August and sometimes, and I, I was little, I remember asking questions that, you know, were like world, like why does a world work or yes. why is the sky blue questions like that. But like little kids in general, even you know, as far back as you can think, are asking 
their parents, like why, why this, why that? And even as deep as religion, like that, that's a book. I don't know, because you can get bullied off of a religious background, too. And it's not even, I don't think it has too much to do with DNA or could. I don't know. But uh, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But, yeah, so he's asking questions that sometimes I'm like, dude, I'll give you the best answer that I know. Yes. But this this might be a topic for another day. Right. Right. Like it's 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 scary to talk to kids. It know, is. And not confuse them. Yes. Kids are very smart. And I also have um, my husband. and I we have a five year old as well. So oh, wow. he, he just turned five um, th- this past week. But there's kids are so intelligent. They will ask you deep questions. So like you said, my my son will ask me, well, why is the sky blue? He's not happy with, oh, it's blue because of, you know, just a simple answer. He wants the deeper answer. So my goal or my hope is that with this book, when a kid asks a parent, mommy or daddy, why do I look this way? Why is my nose like this? Or why are my ears like this? This will help them build that foundation of why they look the way they do. So it'll help them. And it, it, DNA answers so many questions out there. That's, you know, as we go through the series of books, I'll, I'll help bring those things out. But that's this is a foundation for parents to make their job easier, their life easier, your life easier to be able to answer the questions that children have at such a young age. And I can guarantee you, and I hope, I look forward to the feedback from your son um, when he reads the book because I think he'll really enjoy it and I I look forward to seeing his facial expressions when he reads it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, read it to him uh, starting, I'll start tonight, I'll start with a couple of pages and see what he thinks because I'm interested in it. Um, I thought honestly with you coming on talking about DNA, honestly, I was like, this is going to be one long novel. <laughs> like this is going to be confusing. I don't know how interesting this is going to be for people, right. especially on a podcast that centers around new business, new developments and interviewing business owners. Right. Um, but I'm actually kind of, kind of excited that it's uh, super simple. Yes. And something that I can do with my little boy. Exactly. Because I didn't, honestly, when you told me about it, I, I would, I didn't, my mind didn't go there. My okay. mind was like, oh, complex DNA, why, <laughs> kind of like a two, uh, 23 and me yes. like report. Like, no, I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. I just, you know, you look at, you know, kind of where you come from. That's right. it. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, speaking of, uh, I just brought up 23 and me. Yes. What do you think about, companies like that collecting DNA and giving you a report on your your background your lineage and all of that good stuff like what do you what are your thoughts on um, people using those services well I think I mean it's really up to each person right they make their personal decision I know some people are concerned like with the data and so forth where it goes me personally I have done that because I'm a curious person I'm a lifelong learner so um, and that's part of the legacy that I talk about in my uh, business with the twist book right because we're always talking about building and protecting your legacy you have to know where you came from right or you should know because it's a part of who you are right and that's in my case I mean I have a Hispanic background so I made sure that I learned how to read Spanish how to write Spanish Spanish. So I could, it could be part of me, part of my culture, part of who I am. And once you fi- a person finds out who they are, where they come from, the DNA of things, it just gives you like that extra confidence, that extra oomph that you need to be able to do whatever you want to do. And that's, so I wouldn't, 
encourage people if they're interested do it you know once you know your history your background i mean you see all the videos out there about once you know if you're this descent or that descent it really gives you like that extra purpose right um to do whatever you want to do and that's that's what i the approach you know starting with kids and then going into adults that's why i do that um for example the book that i had mentioned before for adults right business with a twist so you're probably thinking what twist right the the twist dancing twist? No. <laughs> uh, you can dance while you read it, but it's more the twist with the DNA, the double helix, that ladder, right? So you're that secret, that X factor in the equation to make sure that your business is successful because nobody else can do what you do. Um, no, you, your competition isn't you. You aren't anyone else. You have to build upon who you are to, to be, have a successful business. And that's really part of, part of the equation that I talk about in the Business with a Twist book. But as you can see, DNA is driven from the children's book to the adult's book. Because DNA, we can't deny it. We all have it. So we have to know, understand it and u- utilize it to the best of our ability. Yeah, you definitely cannot deny DNA. DNA is such a complex and yet somewhat simple kind of thing to understand. Like... You know, just say, oh, it's it's our um, uh, your blueprint. A, the your, blueprint, yes, yes. your, your you bl- blueprint, your map for your yeah, body. Yeah, your your instructions. There you go. Um, to how you are formed. Um, another question that I had just thought of is, and we kind of touched on it earlier. Sure. With personality and being weird, for myself, um, with what you know, and it, you can if you if you feel if you feel confident, sure. give me the answer. Um, of course. Is, in your opinion, or to your knowledge, personality defined by your DNA, or is personality a defined, uh, I guess, trait from society and being around certain people uh, and how you were raised? What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I tend to sway that it's partially DNA, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Like, I think a lot has to do with your environment, but what are your thoughts on that? That's a very good question. Um, And there's actually, I know there's studies and movies and things based on that that same question. So there's different schools of thought about it, right? Um, I agree with you, though, in the sense that it is partially um, your DNA, right? It makes you who you are. Um, Because if you notice, there's a lot of, as soon as a child is born, their personality comes out. You'll Mm -hmm. know, and I know with our son, you know, at three months, he already had his personality. He already knew it, knew who he was. And you know that about your child, right? Their personality is it drives them. Same thing with, um, let's say, a puppy or a pet, right? They have personalities, and it's not something that they're taught. It's just they come out. Some are a little more observant than others. Some are a little more, uh, they cry more than others. So that's part of their personality, too, for humans, for adults, for, um, I'm sorry, for, for humans and animals. But then you bring in the environmental factor. That does have an impact on individuals as well because even though a, pers- a person may have a very uh positive uh, personality, a very courageous personality. If they're in the, a different environment, it, uh, it may mold them not to be so much that those things, right? So it's a combination of both things. Yet that foundation or that DNA, that is part of the, that's what creates their personality. And then the environments can either make it more a better thing or less of a better thing. So environment <coughs> is something that impacts it. So and there are many studies out there that, that, that can prove that as well, that environment is the key, uh, is a key factor. But also, I'm sorry, that DNA is a factor, but also environment plays a factor. In fact, there was a study with identical twins that were separated, and we see that all the time, right? Identical twins never met each other in their life, but they come back and see each other later, and they 
do the same things. They wear the same clothes. They love the same colors. And they were never together. That is weird, right? Right. But that's part of that DNA. But then the environmental also plays a role because there are some differences with those um, identical twins as well. So um, DNA is a factor. To answer your question, DNA does play a factor, yet environmental also comes into play with that as well. You mentioned identical twins. So my wife is an identical twin. Wow. Yeah. um, And, you know, She's always said, and I, you know, I, I know this to be, at least I know this to be true from what I understand, is that identical twins' DNA is an exact split, exact right. same DNA. Right. Um, I think the only major difference between identical twins would be, I think, the, their fingerprint. I don't think anybody's fingerprint's the same. Right, right. Uh, well, uh, yes, the, the fingerprints are very unique to each individual, correct. But their DNA is... is very, very close, almost identical, yes, because that's what identical twins are, right? They come, um, they build from the same DNA, whereas a fraternal twin, which I have sisters who are fraternal twins, they have a, a different egg and a sperm that, that develop, right? Yeah. As far as different, um, I guess you could say different sex, right, yeah. um, that develop. So. Yeah, so identical twins would be, and look, I'm going back deep, and you, you have a biology background. I'm going back just to high school because I don't have a biology okay. Uh, education beyond that is that in the the womb in the early early stages there's an embryo yes and the embryo will split yes and that's what creates an identical twin right and then usually like you said with fraternal it's two eggs yes just were fertilized at the same time exactly. it just so happened that it just it happened the way it happened. And right. it's just, you know, well, I think you've done your homework for sure. I, look, look I, this is just stuff I remember. Okay. Like I didn't, I didn't do homework before this. Like I wanted to keep it as organic as possible. Right. Um, keep it. Remember kiss theory, keep it simple student. We're all lifelong learners. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so kind of, kind of not changing the topic, but in, steering it in the direction that I felt like we were going in yes. just a second ago. Um, talking about your environment and your personality um, I was, I was, uh, mindlessly scrolling through TikTok yesterday mm-hmm. and I came across a, a video talking about, um, entrepreneurs, business owners, and people just in general, people trying to do better for themselves. Yes. And I've never heard of this particular term. And I don't know if you have either. Have you ever heard of the term crab mentality? No, I have not, but I can only imagine be based on a crab, right? Um, but I'm h- curious to hear about it. Okay, so the the uh, the 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 concept is: imagine you're a fisherman and okay. you have a bucket and you're catching crabs. Oh yes. You catch your first crab. That crab is in the bucket. That crab wants to get out of that yes. bucket. Correct. Doesn't want to be confined by its environment. He's getting out, and by himself, he will probably get out. Mm-hmm. but you put that bucket full of crabs, you don't have to have a lid. Right. You don't have to have anything. None of those crabs will ever get out. Right. Do you know why? Because they're fighting against each other, right? As far as they keep pulling each other down. Exactly. Yeah, so as soon as you say, I'm like, yes, that's what that is. Yes, they pull each other down. So they're not helping each other out, right? Um, that definitely makes sense. So yeah, so I'll, I'll let you finish that yeah. up. Yeah. So essentially what this person was getting to, and obviously you're catching on super quick with it, um, is that in a confined environment where you do not have any, any, I guess, way to see beyond your, your environment. And 
for someone that wants to try to get out of their environment, they, with their peers around in that same environment, even though they try to get out of it, they will tend to be pulled back in yes. because of the crab mentality. Like, right. oh, we, this person is doing something out of the box or trying right. to get out of a situation that feels comfortable comfortable to right. us. Like, let's, let's pull them back in before, so to speak, they do something that they shouldn't do. Or like, for example, it's with family members. Right. I mean, you can just go back narrow down there. Your family, sometimes they want the best for you, but... If you're trying to do something that the family hasn't ever done, so for example, uh, finish college, be the first one to go to college. Well, your family is going to be like, well, I didn't go to college. Like, why do you need that? Like, that's part of the pulling back in, like trying to get back in the bucket. What are are your thoughts on the crab mentality? Well, it it makes sense completely, um, Ben, because now that you say it that way, I definitely agree with you. I mean, that mentality of people pulling you back in. So we have to be disruptive and be the ones that... do get out or do make that change. Or even like with an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, a lot of people want to start a business or they want to build a business or they don't know how to do it because nobody else around them has done it. So it's kind of that crab mentality again that comes into it. So that environment does play a role. But the key is, and part of the other variable that I talk about in my book, Business with a Twist, and I we had talked about it before when I came on, is synergy. You, have, you know, the mass of the whole is greater than the individual parts. So if you go back to that crab or you think of all those crabs in the bucket, well, that's not synergy because they're not working together to be able to achieve their common goal of getting out. They're working against each other. So that's totally against synergy. But when you get the right group of people in a bucket or a confined area, then you can do marvelous things, right? Uh, because you're working together towards a common goal. And that's where the mass of the whole is greater than the individual parts. That's what synergy is about. It's complete opposite of what a crab, crab mentality is, right? But crab mentality happens all the time. In, te- in fact, you think of think tanks. You know, we talk a lot about think yeah. tanks, people coming together that they have ideas. But what if you get the same type of people in, the, in a room together, same thought processes, they're not thinking disruptively, meaning thinking outside the box, right? But they're always confined to the same same ideas. That's not being productive or being synergistic because you're always going to come with, out with the same result, the same thing. But if you put a group of people together that have different thought processes, different ideas, then that is a true think tank, right? So a lot of people, a time people come together and they say, oh, we have a great idea. But it's the same idea each person had, the same idea. You need somebody in there that comes and shakes things up. And that's what synergy is about. So that's the total opposite of that crab, crab mentality, yeah. right? We want to stay away from being like a crab. And we want to be synergistic. Yeah, man. It, look, you can you can dive real deep in the crab mentality yes. kind of concept. I mean, it can be applied in many different facets of life. It can. And some of it, you're, you know, you think, oh, I don't want to think about it like that. So, for example, my first thought whenever I watched this video was like religion. Okay. And, you know, some religious groups have a very, very traditional kind of thing about them. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there's a hundred different flavors of or more than of religious groups. And let's say there's one person who sees something different for themselves, whether that be right or wrong in your opinion. um, that religious group will try their best to like pull them back in because that's, that's what they're right. 
or um, and I think a lot of that and well, we can go it covers any type of topic yeah. but each person has their own choice to make Indeed. right it's called free will each person has free will to decide based on once they gather their all the information they can make an educated decision based on that right so free will and that applies to anything in life you know you do um, let's say you have a major decision about in your case you know uh, buying a home right so you're going to make a decision based on the facts of what you bring to the table you know you go out you do your research and that then you can make the best decision for you and your family at that particular time. So free will is a, a concept that applies to everything we do in life, Indeed. right? Especially in religion, each person has to make their own choice with that. But in this case with DNA, it comes back to the scientific approach. You can't argue that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I know we went off on a small little yeah, just tangent. a little bit tangent. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, going back to your book. Yes. Um, so for those that are uh, watching and or listening, um, how can they find your book and where can they buy it? Fantastic question. Thank you. So this book, um, you can buy it in English or you can also get it in Spanish. Um, both of them. Oh, let me put it the right <laughs> way. All right. So both of them, um, they're on Amazon right now. So you can go to Amazon and look under my name, Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A Gallardo, G-A-L-L-A-R-D-O. Or um, you can also go to my site and it's DNA in me series.com and there you'll be able to see a little bit about more about me the book the why behind it um kind of like what we're talking today and then you'll have a link there to go into amazon to purchase it as well so go you can go directly to amazon with my um, name cynthia gallardo or you can go to my site dna dna in me series.com so it's dna i n m e series.com okay awesome well before you know, now that people got that, there is um, there is a trending social media. Uh, I don't know if, what it, I don't think it's a trivia. It's it's a it's a this or that question. Oh, okay. uh, and then we'll end on that. I did not know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, uh, it's it's basically, and if those are listening, you may already know. Or and if you don't, you can chime in and. You know, put your own thoughts in the comments if you want. So, are there more doors in the world or are there more wheels in the world? Wheels? Wheels. Okay. Are there more wheels or are there more doors in the world? And I'm curious to see how you justify your thoughts on that. That is a good question. Um, so are we talking literally or are we talking abstractly? <laughs> oh, um, as, as I guess literally, I mean, you know, okay. think about it, a wheel, like something that yeah. turns and moves something okay, and a door that opens and closes. Okay. So then I would think if we're talking literally, then I'm, I would say that there are more wheels than there are doors. And I'll say the reason why is because when you think of an object, there's usually, there are more than one door to get into a room. Like in this case, there's two doors, right? But that's, it's usually limited. You're not going to have a door on every wall. 
Yet, like, let's say a car or a vehicle, you have to have four tires to be able to run, right? Or it's 18-wheeler. Well, you have to have 18 wheels on it. And you think of all those things in the world. Most people need at least a car to get around. So that's at least four. And then with 18-wheelers, you have all the wheels, right? So I would say looking at it from that perspective. And then if you think a wheel, it's a little bit deeper, like all the motors out there, the gadgets, the, you know, that um, you have to work with. Yeah, ball bearings. All ball bearings, everything like that. So I would say from that perspective, than wheels um but if i were to talk talk with you from an abstract perspective i would say abstractly it would be doors because doors of opportunity are always being open so there would always be more doors uh, available at that point from an abstract perspective but literal i would say wheels all right all right you know i think literally i was on the same page i was on the wheel side because i feel like there's so many different things that have wheels in the world that have less doors associated with the amount of wheels um on tiktok somebody made a a good observation that in shipping uh warehouses or Mm -hmm. shipping um places where people get you know packages move up and around there's wheels on all these road like uh rolling uh paths that the the packages roll down like this assembly line yes yeah so there's so many wheels and I, i couldn't even imagine how many wheels but then somebody else made a uh a, a not a, i don't know about a discovery but a a point saying well it depends on how you define door a door is something that opens and closes right. and lets something in and out so technically and this is all being quoted he said technically a light switch is a door it oh. opens and closes and lets electricity in or out or through oh. it and then he dives even farther, which I was like, okay, you're stretching. <laughs> you're stretching hard. But he said transistors inside of electronics oh. are essentially doors that open and close. And inside of one iPhone, there are 13 billion or, or in some cases, 15 billion transistors inside of one device. Wow. So... If you really want to deep dive yes. and really determine what defines a door and what defines a wheel, then, and, and there are other people like getting deeper on the wheel right. side, but ultimately I was like, I don't, I don't know exactly where, but if I'm thinking simple, right. if I'm thinking kiss theory, yes. <laughs> if I'm just thinking simple and like what my, like my little mind can think about in, in an abstract form, abstract, literal form, yes. um, I think wheels cause most cars have at least four or more wheels. Right. Some of them have two because they're motorcycles. Right. But then there's no door on that motorcycle. That's right. So, you know, it just, it's just, I'm on the wheel side. I, I am too. I, I'm a totally 100% with you, Ben. But the lesson learned from this, because I'm always looking at lessons yep. learned, is you always have to start out with the same foundation. Like you said, the definition. You have to have the same definition. And with my attorney hat on, there's always two sides. You can oh, argue yeah. either side. So <laughs> Bring, there you go. <laughs> bringing in the legalities in here. All right. All right. Well, uh, Cynthia, it was fun having you on again. Thank um, you. I, I look forward to checking out the book, and I hope that those watching and listening uh, enjoyed our little conversation. Thank you. And uh, they check out the book as well. And one more time, um, 
so that we can wrap this up. Sure. Um, give the web address for the book and um, we'll be out. Okay, thank you. Well, first of all, Ben, I always enjoy coming here. I always get so excited about being able to be on the podcast with you. So thank you for the opportunity. Truly made my day and my week. And um, for the website, uh, for the book, you can either, first of all, go to Amazon um, and look under Cynthia Gallardo, or you can go to my website, which is www.dnainmeseries. Dot com so dna and me series.com and that you can uh, purchase the book through amazon but you can there's a link on my site where you can go to amazon from there and and then on my um, website as well it'll tell you a little bit more about the story behind the book is uh, and everything okay? awesome well cynthia it was good to have you on and Thank i you. look forward to seeing what you do in the future with all the other series uh, coming out for this book and um yeah uh, you know, maybe we can touch base later on. Oh, I look forward to it. Thank you. All bye right, then. Cynthia. Thank well, you. Bye. You guys, uh, be sure to check out our sponsors, the Music Academy and the Orchard, and um, definitely show support locally. And uh, with that, that is it. And we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>